Hey everyone, welcome to the Sendian Weekly Podcast. My name is Israel Dennis. I'm here with Javier Silva and Benji Severino. Today our special guest is going to be Scott Gibbs. He's a forensics expert and he's going to be telling, uh, talking to us a little bit about forensics, how it is used in the IT field, what are some of the common cases and how has it changed through the, um, through the course of time. Um, Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on and being with us Taking for take taking time to talk to us a little bit about forensics. We appreciate the opportunity to, to chat with you here today. You're very welcome, and thank you for having me. Perfect, perfect. Let's kick it off, Scott. I, I know everyone on the show is anxious to learn a little bit about forensics and what it is, how it's used. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what forensics is and how has it evolved from you know, the past to where we are now? Sure. Well, forensics is the, um, the discipline of investigating and um, creating repeatable, um, I guess, or um, scientifically confirmable, um, uh, like artifacts and in investigations. So forensics is basically um, finding out information that you want to know and then having it done in a way where it does not make any changes to the subject or the information that you're actually studying. Mm -hmm. So what that does is it allows that that information to be admissible not only to court but uh, for legal proceedings. And the reason why is because, you know, when we go and do the forensics, we don't make any changes and that makes it a scientific kind of a process because then someone else can come behind you perform the exact same steps and get the exact same result. Got it. I think the next question for that is how companies are um, using that in their advance. Right. And so uh, a lot of companies today, you know, you're seeing a lot of different things happening. So you see um, a lot of turnover or a lot of comp uh, employees coming in and then leaving companies. And when the employees are coming in now, you know, many times they may have their own devices. Many times they may use the company device, but either way they end up having access to a lot of company information or data. And when they leave, you know, a lot of these companies want to make sure that their data is protected, that their data or their proprietary information, their customer list, their vendor list, their secret sauce doesn't walk out the door with their disgruntled employee. Another thing that we see is um, people sabotaging companies. You know, a guy gets mad, he's been working there for five years, thinks he hasn't been taken care of properly, and he leaves, and when he leaves, he takes the keys of the kingdom with him. You know, uh, you know, maybe this guy had access to, um, you know, the server, or he may have had access to some encryption keys. We've, we've seen situations where, you know, people have encrypted the entire network, and then left with a password, and that totally crippled the affected business. Got it. Hey, hey, Scott. Uh, I also have a question. Um, how hard is it for you? Like, how deep can people actually hide stuff from from their companies? Is it is it really hard to uh, to find the um, the information for you, or is uh, it's, it's not it that is, uh, complicated? 
Well, it really depends on the sophistication of the uh, perpetrator. So, you know, if it's a regular user, then typically, you know, their activities are very easy for us not only to identify, but also to track. We're able to identify things that people have deleted. We're able to identify uh, internet history, even if somebody goes in and they clear their internet history from the browser, even if they go in and use something like one of the incognito or private modes, we can still see what they've done. Many times we're even able to see the files and folders that she's opening and browsing up until the time that we actually seize the computer and perform the investigation. Very interesting. We, uh, I'm sure you've probably seen this uh, often. People take uh, USB drives or flash drive thinking that they can't um, hide their, they can hide their tracks using uh, attachable devices. Are you able to track it down to that level where you can see a USB flash drive attached to the device and having uh, information stored and save on those things as well? Um. Absolutely, it depends. Actually, many times we're able to dig down and, and, and see which flash drives were attached to a device. We're able to identify those flash drives by serial number. And then a lot of times, depending on how the, the systems are configured and what was done, we're even able to see if people were able you know, copy some files over to it, when they might have copied those files, and, and when those files were actually last written to or created. All right, so what's and then well that's that's awesome. <laughs> um what's the so how it works when a company have data lost or something some files get corrupt? The 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 other the question was more like you know, we're talking about forensics, but how let's say for example a drive got damaged, maybe it was accidental, maybe it was an a gruntal employee or something like that. Is it possible to recover some of that data? Is it possible to restore it? What are your thoughts uh, and what is the practice that you perform to do something like that? Um, so there's a, a lot of different ways that we can go and attack it. Um, typically, the first thing we do is we tell a user, stop using the device. Anything you do from that point on could further damage the data and render it unrecoverable. So... What we like to do is, um, you know, we'll tell them, stop using it. We'll come in, get a forensic image of the device that if it's still, you know, still works. If the device doesn't work and it's actually physically damaged, meaning it's not spinning, it's making weird sounds, or maybe even smoke or, or strange smells are coming off this, then we'll come and pick up the drive, take it to our clean room, where, you know, we have a room which is, Statically clean, clean of all dust and all debris. We have, you know, we have to wear protective clothing. We'll open up the drive there, um, disassemble it, rebuild it, and then take an image of the drive. All right. And then, what are those common practices for forensics? I'm sorry. What are those uh, common practices for forensics? Yeah, it gets it gets pretty common because a lot of times you can imagine that. You know, the people that we're um, investigating don't want to be found out. So many times we have situations or circumstances where people will um, destroy the data or try to, uh, you know, not only erase the data, but sometimes they'll even 
you know, take a hammer and physically try and destroy it there. So we see that a lot as well. Or burn it up, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or or Absolutely. or water damage that happens too, yeah. Do you do you see yep. a, do you do you see a lot of forensics uh, involving uh, gruntal employees, or do you see, for example, a spouse maybe trying to de- determine if if there's some adultery or some uh, bad situation going on? What what are some of the things that you normally see in your space? Is it more company or employees? Uh, help us understand and give us a visual of some of that um, world. Sure. Uh, many times, um, you know, we see we see customers from all ranges. We see um, the employers, you know, where there may have been a disgruntled employee who left. You know, like I said, either they stole some information, maybe they uh, tried to sabotage the company, or maybe they even you know, communicated with competed some competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times, it's even the employee who hire us. Uh, you know, there have been instances where employers have, um, you know, access to employees' private information without proper authorization, or maybe you know, an employee had uh, like a BYOD or bring your own device, and you know they're using that, and the employer, you know, may have had access, you know, through maybe through an administration or something like that, and then we've seen times where you know companies have actually taken. Um, information from you know, the employee, and so the, the blade cuts both ways, and um, you know it, anyone can really be a victim in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. We also see a lot of spouses coming in, you know, looking to see if their partners are cheating, um, bringing in devices, uh, you know, seeing if they're seeing if they were deleting messages to uh, you know, a mistress or uh, some other type of uh, you know secret partner. Right. Um, there's many many different types of investigations. Have you, you know, have you, I'm sure you've seen the Scott Peterson and some of the other cases out there uh, where there's a lot of forensics done to devices. Have you been involved in some of those? And and if you can share, um, you know, some of that insight as well. Because it, it, it sounds like, you know, in the, in the forensics world, there's a corporate side and then there's a personal side. And by, what I mean by the personal is just people. Like civil. Yeah, civil world, right? Corporate mm-hmm. and civil. You have you kind of, well, you have civil, and then the civil can either be personal, um, you know, between individuals, or it can be corporate, between a corporation and another corporation, or between a corporation and an individual. Then you also have um, kind of like investigative cases, where you might have an individual trying to do an investigation, finding out what's happening um, in a marriage or in a family, mm-hmm. um, and then you have criminal cases where you have law enforcement who's performing some type of legal law enforcement or criminal investigation. So you have... These are typically... I'm sorry. ...of forensic cases that we see. Right. So you have work for for the government also doing this kind of job? Yes, I have done some work for the government, um, you know, for SEC and and, um, SEC doing data collections and uh, data seizures and things like that. Mm-hmm. Nice, and then hey, hey, Scott. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Benji. I, I thought you were done. Go ahead. Oh, uh, Scott, I have a question uh, that just came to my mind. So, let's say, um, how much saying, or uh, how can the jury make a decision based on on your uh, on the forensic 
results, results like does the forensic result just can uh, decide a case or there's got to be more uh, information and, and proof uh, about what the, uh, the, the person did or, or why not? Well, it really depends on case to case. But many times, if not most times, the computer forensic information can and will be enough to decide a case. Right. Um, you know, the things that we find are very definitive. It's not, you know, there's very little wiggle room with many of the, the findings. Right. It's not like the type of thing where you have somebody, you know, accused of murder and, and you know, you're doing blood evidence and someone comes in and say, oh, he did the blood wrong or it's contaminated. There's a lot more surety um, and a lot more certainty uh, in computer forensics and, and in these digital investigations. Mm-hmm. And how right. long? How long is the common uh, process? How long you been in a project? How long it takes you to investigate the whole thing? Your typical project. Uh, it really depends. Yeah. From case to case, sometimes you can have projects that take a, you know only take a few hours. And I've had projects that have gone on for months. You know, months? You, know, you can you said investigate months? one person's phone, or you can go in. You know, I've had. You know, investigations that were just one phone, and then I've had you know people tell me I got to go in and investigate an entire 400 computer company. Wow. wow. Yeah. What What's your most common uh, device? Is it the phones? I mean, nowadays people are more on the social on the devices, right? They're on the phones, tablets. Do you get to? It sounds like you get to work with laptops, servers, computers, and and all the mobile devices. What's the most common that request that you get? Um, right now, the most common is going to be with the laptops and cell phones. Laptops and cell phones. And how is the pro- how is the process between the two? Right? Do you store? Do you attach a device and collect the whole device information, or how do you analyze it? Well, that too is going to depend on a case by case basis. Um, you have a lot of circumstances where people don't want you to leave with all their information, and so you have to figure out a way that is legally defensible that you can go in there, try and identify only the relevant data or the, or the pertinent information for the case, and then we go and we grab that and only that and then come out. We also have other circumstances where they say go in and get everything. And so we go in and, and do a full physical image, and, um, and that physical image gets everything that's on the computer as well as the... Um, Um, you know, anything that may have been deleted or may have existed on a previous operating system or file system. Mm. Are you able to detect if, let's say, for example, I'm running Windows 10 or Windows Server and I I erase that operating system and then put in a new operating system. So I go from Windows 10 Pro to Windows 2016. Uh, Is the forensics... um, so detailed that you can see the, the, the stuff that changed even when you change the operating system or is that something that's not detectable? It really depends um, on how it was done. Many times we're able to go in there and cover the entire previous operating system, pull out the registry settings and, and, and make comparisons between the two. Um, you know, if special steps weren't taken to thwart our efforts, where we're often very, very successful in uh, pulling up previous file systems and previous operating systems data. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, last question for you, Scott. Um, so I know people when they have this premeditated, they delete it, right? They did like a they do like a basic uh, deletion. But also you have people that have knowledge in that in this matter, right? And they do uh, uh, military grade encryptation or deletion. How you guys uh, handled those cases? Uh, can you um, ask the question again? Sorry. When when they use like a more complex way to delete or format a drive, you know, they have like right. okay. 256, 512 encryptation or layers to delete. How do you handle those cases where they're more complex than your typical user? Right. Right. So, I mean, if they were using something a little bit more complicated to, to perform the deletion, um, many times you can't get the data back. But in a case, that information might be important. You know, just the fact that somebody went in with a tool and, you know, performed a, a, a special secure deletion or secure wiping is enough information to you know, win a case or sway it one way or the other. Right. Because one of the things that, you know, um, somebody who's a defendant or somebody who's a participant in a legal proceeding, um, you know, some of their responsibilities are that they have a responsibility to preserve evidence or not to destroy or to change evidence that, you know, will be pertinent to the case. So if we, um, we see somebody um, having used that, we can bring that up and many times, you know, that information Wins the case alone. So it, it sounds like you may not necessarily be uh, trying to collect the data that was deleted, but just perform uh, an analysis to determine if if it would if it was even deleted, right? And if it was, that's enough to give you what you need for, from a forensics perspective to to provide to the case. It can be, yes, depending on the particular case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, appreciate you, Scott. Yeah, we, we are mindful of your time. I know we don't have a lot of time here with you today. I think your uh, your input has been very insightful and very um, helpful Very helpful to sure. us and to some of our audience. Right, and we, we want to have you back. So Yeah, we want to we keep you coming to our show. I think this is a topic that's, that's – uh, That's very hot and, and new, and, and it's very relevant to what we do. Right, and then um, also it's very important in what we do in the IT world, right, in the social media world, how we handle security files. So we appreciate your insight and your time with us. It was a nice uh, conversation. Yeah, right. Any questions for us? Uh, we, we do these weekly podcasts. Uh, we record them and then we share them with our audience. I know some of our audience will have questions and, and we would love to have you back and address some of those questions later on. Are you open to something like that? Yes, I am. Perfect, perfect. Well, Scott, we, uh, again, we thank you for your time. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. We look forward to working with you. Uh, this is Israel Dennis with Benji. Uh, Scott and Javier signing off for today. Thank you everyone for joining and being part of our show. We, we appreciate you share and like our contact. And if you have any questions, put it in the comments below. We look forward to hearing from you. And don't forget to subscribe Thank and you. like our social network. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn.
Twitter. And Twitter. And we have also a YouTube page. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for participating. Thank Bye. You. Thanks, Scott.